We're going to let it roll for a little bit, and then we're going to jump right into the show. Do you have any, like, opening words that you kind of want to start to show off with? Um, no. <laughs> hey, guys. Welcome to Babe Talk. It is Wednesday, October 19th. You probably are wondering, oh, man. Uh, why aren't they watching the debate? It's because we got more important things to worry about than the awful politics that are happening in America. Not saying that politics aren't important. You know, I always start off the show like trying to shoot for something good. And I always alienate somebody. So now people are like, oh, Babe Talk is now against politics. <laughs> I hope hey, that honestly, no, no, no. This candidacy race is like, this is the one time you're allowed to... Uh be vindictive towards them. Not that, you know, I mean, I just am saying that um, we're in a very unique political situation here. And it's so funny, like, a lot of these, like, different publications have, like, really been harping on the fact that, yeah, everyone hates both of them. It's like, I don't think that's that's how we should be portraying our our (laughs) presidential candidates. Like, we all know that no one likes them, but, like, (laughs) <laughs> they're, they're just at the point. They're just like, eh, fuck it. Who really? Yeah, cares? I know. We all hate them all. <laughs> it's like, man, that's, that's good. Every other country in the world is pointing and laughing at us, but you know, it's all in good fun. <laughs> you know what's funny? And and, and and that well, now we're far away from a pod. I don't even even. Ladies and gentlemen, Kenzie Moore is a singer and songwriter. Before we get into any more side topics. She recently just came out with an album called Dear You. It came out September 23rd. She's a beautiful singer and songwriter. She, she's fresh on the scene. Um, you had an EP that came out last year, and now your full length that just recently dropped. Um, your single, Body of Armor, was was a, a real sultry kind of, kind of banger. Um, and it, it was really nice and really cool, and it was put on our desk. And we said, yes, let us talk to this individual. So, hey, hey, Kenzie, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. I want to thank you real quick for all those wonderful compliments. Um, oh, I, absolutely. <laughs> although I might change my profession to political uh, advice columnist, maybe. I mean, after that conversation, uh, <laughs> it might be my new calling. <laughs> absolutely. Go ahead and see if like BuzzFeed or like Mike is is hiring and say like, hey, you know what? I got a pretty voice. Let me sing the news. <laughs> that might be a better way to get people to listen. <laughs> I actually think that that's not a thing. Like, 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 like we have people that are into comedy. Like, like, you know, we had John Stewart. We have the new kids that are, you know, that took over the Daily Show, yeah. um, John Oliver. But I've yet to see an individual like sing on like. Well, I guess it really would be depressing if you were to sing the news. It's like there's lead yeah. in Michigan water. Like, it doesn't yep. really. That doesn't really go off as well as. Yeah, and coming from someone who is currently living in Michigan, it's it's a real uh, touchy subject, the lead thing. So, you know, I got to keep my Michigander neighbors happy. So ignorance is bliss in this neighborhood. I'm so sorry. Like, I don't like, I, <laughs> I'm okay. Just, <laughs> you know, if you want to leave the show right now, I totally understand. <laughs> no, no. It, I mean, it's uh, luckily we have a lot of people paying attention to it, so. That is true. Now, uh, uh, the one thing that that I really found interesting is that it hasn't really become a cooled off hot topic. Like you do know there are like a lot of things that happen within the media that kind of like over time, um, there'll be a lot of focus on it. And a lot of people will end up like, you know, like sharing a bandwagon post and say like, look at what's going on here. It's awful. And then after a few months, it kind of starts to to wither away. And it's still being brought up because it's still a heavy issue. 
Oh yeah, no, totally. Um, you know, I think for me, it's just we're we are the Great Lakes state, so water is kind of like our thing. So I think, mm-hmm. I mean, for us at least, it's a big deal that you know a big chunk of our state is is suffering from something that um, we usually take pride in. You know, I mean, we are the freshwater capital of the U.S. right here, so it sucks. But uh, slowly but surely, we're trying to do better, and I feel like I am putting on my political campaign hat right now so <laughs> yeah, this, this is like the second political topic that we've gotten into some fun stuff we're gonna be talk we have fun we try and talk about music here and there <laughs> okay good good that might be <laughs> so, a little more of my forte there <laughs> there we go we'll go with the thing that you're established with <laughs> perfect all right there we go so we start off the show each week by asking our guests how their past days weeks and months were and Kenzie, how was your past, you know, like, so-and-so? On the personal level, we'll have plenty of time to talk about your music in a little bit, but let's talk more about yourself. Has there been anything fun that you um, indulged in? Like, you found a cat or, <laughs> or someone gave you money? Well, I graduated college with an honors finance degree from Loyola. Yeah, congratulations. <laughs> well, thank you. And that was in May. So um, I actually moved back to Michigan because Michigan will always be – the best place on earth to me. <laughs> um, nice. So, yeah, I mean, like, I obviously have been traveling a ton for my music, and that's been really fun because I had never been to Nashville before, and I got to record a big chunk of my album down in Nashville. And Ooh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, great city. Immediately fell in love with it. I think um, any musician going down there would. I mean, you just you walk down, you know, the main road, and, and all these bars have their – you know, windows opening, you're hearing live music constantly. So I, it's, it's really something that like, I appreciated. So, um, Nashville was super fun. And, and now, um, I'm at home hanging out with my two best friends that I've been best friends for 20 years with. And, um, oh, sick. yeah, no, it's great. I mean, small town life and I really like it. And, and then, uh, I head to LA next week to, uh, jump right back in to the uh, music scene. So, Man, talk talk about a quick shift in, in, in lifestyle. Like like you're saying, like, you know, like, oh, like nice hometown, like kind of like a one tree hill kind of vibe with <laughs> that like goes right over to like rock and roll LA, yeah. you know, the big city life. <laughs> as long as I'm the Brooke Davis of this small town, I'm totally okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> Bless your heart. <laughs> you know every every yeah, basic white girl in the country is like oh i love this girl she gets it brooke davis <laughs> she, man she like, gets it yes <laughs> yeah, snapped it that <laughs> and what's 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 funny is that i've i've sadly never watched an episode of one tree hill but but my best friend we did a road trip um a long while ago and i forget the town in where where it's it takes place um i should know this I I'm oh. not a ooh, ooh. person to know the real town. Well, I, I can't I can't talk shit on you since I don't even know the place myself. But, yeah, but we, like, I'm an avid watcher. <laughs> and you know the characters' names. You could just say, "Oh, it's there." People will be like, "Yeah, I know. It's a beautiful yeah, place." It's and that's, okay. <laughs> it's, it's how you sell it, you know. Yeah. But we 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 went through the town and we actually saw all the homes and I, I guess it was kind of cool because like that that show was such a cult phenomena like that um gilmore girls was like another one it was kind of like one of the new age friends yeah that that aired for for the what early 2000s late 2000s teens mm-hmm. 
and it and it did well, and, and that that town has a lot of pride in it as well, since it was actually filmed in that location, which is interesting as well. Yeah, no, totally. Um, yeah, no, I'm a big fan of uh, like that show and Gilmore Girls as well. Um, it kind of gave me false hope that when I graduated high school, my friends would be famous and or well known athletes. So um, <laughs> I'd like to have a word with the creator on false hope, but <laughs> it's like, excuse me, I yeah. was told. That, you know, my best friend would be touring the country, <laughs> but okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm kind of in the same boat with, with you. Like, I'm a, I am tend to romanticize a lot of the different um, movies and TV shows that I've watched. So one of my favorite shows was Girls, and I recently had um, moved out to uh, Brooklyn not too long ago, about two and a half months ago. I, I think this is like the fourth podcast in the world that I've mentioned that. I didn't really stopped doing that. But anyway, mo- moved out here. Um to pursue all my life stuff. And I really expected to have this like rat tag slew of friends that were just like, yeah, I don't want to say fucked up, but like, no, they each have their dirty past and their dirty past. They're, they're the criminal quirks and shit like that. Like, yeah. like Oh, like I'm going to like pee on the sidewalk and, and your boyfriend's going <laughs> to get us like matinee tickets to like Hamilton. And I'm like, Oh my God, I'm just going to walk through and find these friends. And I'm just going to go see Hamilton and meet someone. Yeah. And then it quickly was like, no, you broke. You 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 can buy a Red Bull for cheap, but outside of that, you're gonna hear people screaming at you like every forty five feet. And it's like, <laughs> well, I mean, I, I guess that's okay. Well, yeah, HBO shows have a tendency to uh, create the uh, fictional parts of the world very well. So um, for yeah. me, I always thought that if I went to New York, I'd find my Adam, but maybe slightly less messed up. And then uh, I'd be living happily ever after. Oh, all right. You said a character. We are switching this podcast from music <laughs> to girls. Oh, man. I'm so happy because I'm yet to be able to talk to anybody. If you guys want to listen to the podcast, I'm going to suggest that you forward at least 20 minutes ahead because we're definitely going to talk about this for a little bit. What drove me crazy was, was that, like, I, I, I hated Lena Dunham's character, like, from season two throughout the rest of the season. Oh, like, no. Same. She, um... God, she just makes like bad decision after bad decision. I really just want to like shake her and be like, what the hell is wrong with you? <laughs> like, And then what was crazy was that like Adam became the rational person. I know. I didn't expect like, that. Like, to like, be who yeah, I know. Right. Like, then, like Adam look, look, looked at Atlanta and says, like, get your shit together. And I'm like, he said what? And then like, <laughs> but he has a legs to stand on and say that. It's like, what happened here? Yeah, no. And then then he started dating Jessica. Like, what was that? That was just poor writing choice, in my opinion. I didn't watch the last season. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, man. I just sort of did it. Why? Okay. All right. Thank you for that spoiler. I'm going to definitely like marathon the season. This No, it's okay. We had to switch topics anyway. That's what I get for, 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 for changing the discourse of the conversation. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, but you seem like like you're an avid TV watcher. Has, has there been anything that's been uh, catching your eye recently? Uh, yeah. Well, okay. So since I lived in Chicago and I'm a huge Sophia Bush fan, so I love all the um, Chicago shows, you know, like Chicago Fire, Chicago PD, mm-hmm. Chicago Med. I love all those. Um, big Game of Thrones fan. And um, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. It's always sunny. My friends have been telling me to watch it, and I think oh I've my God, watched you maybe like have to. It is like the sickest, like like just horrible humor. But like, I'm a very dry humored human being, so like that mm-hmm. shit is like right up my alley. It like my dad 
would fit right in with that show. It is the funniest mother effing show on TV. Like, easily. I, I, I have watched maybe one or two episodes, and I've not been disappointed, but it hasn't, like, caught on to me. Yeah. But my, my, one of my best friends had uh, told me to watch the pilot episode. And we were talking about how, um, let's, let's say I, I was talking to her about South Park. And, and while it used to be about shock, it quickly had changed to be more like the onion cross with its sunny cross with um, last week tonight with John Oliver. And I thought it was very interesting. And she was like, yeah, Always Sunny in Philadelphia kind of runs the same way as well. Like, she told me to watch a pilot episode because there was a scene that I would enjoy. I'm a black male, and I'm like, always oh, sunny? Okay, I'll take a look at it. And the, the, the episode, do, do you know the pilot by any chance? Yeah, yeah, it's where, like, Sweet D brings home one of her actor friends, right? And he's and he's black, right? And he turns out to uh-huh. be, yeah. Yeah, and, turns and, out to be and, gay, and they, right? Or something like he tur- that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, because I've read the transcript of the episode. Okay, I, okay, okay. I really wanted to, like, find it out. So, like, I read the transcript of it, and I think it was um, Mac was trying to, like, gain the, the, the attention of a waitress, and, like, he drops, like, a hard R, but, like, it was in description of something, and I was like, oh, my God. And then I read the scene, and I was like, this is actually hysterical. Oh, I know. Like, I, it's, like, sick I that I'm laughing. That same i'm like i don't know how i feel about this and i read it and i was like that's actually hysterical but like it's 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 something like like that that like you know it draws attention to the fact that that, that that's a thing but also like they meant it in a positive manner. i don't know like, like it's comedy like that 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 has you thinking a little bit more than just having cheap surface humor yeah that's very appreciative for some along the lines of that yeah no i mean honestly like the, the thing about those kinds of shows is, like, you cannot take what they're saying to heart. Like, I mean, honestly, like, you have that show and, like, Arrested Development and Touch.0, like, all those. Oh, man, Arrested Development, yeah. Oh, my God, that is. They, like, they, that, that was another series that, that we talked about with Tobias and, and, and his um th- therapy and, and being an analysis. God. That show <laughs> is, like, <laughs> like, it's just. You can't take what they're saying seriously. And the thing is that they attack, like, every type of person in the world. So you can't even be mad at, like, what they're saying or, like, get upset and be sensitive about it. Because it's like they're making fun of everyone, you know? It's not like they're doing it to, like, specifically target anybody. And that's I mean, what like, I, I wouldn't even – yeah, I'll continue. Oh, sorry. No, I, that was it. I was just – well, I, I, after like, you know, like I, I tend to rewatch series over and over and over again because because when I work, I end up like putting something on that I know so that I'm not like, you know, physically like, always watching it and I was yeah, yeah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. And for an arrested development, I think it was more like a, a lot of play on words and not as much like going after one set thing. Or like Lucille was like, she was clearly racist, but like it wasn't to the point that it was like Obnoxious. ridiculous. It was, yeah. so, it was so over the top. So it, it so like you did say, like it was. It, you can't take it to heart, but oh, like yeah, they, no. they literally made those characters to be like, yeah, it's over the top, but we at least know one mother in the world that's like that. Oh yeah. No, like my own grandmother probably would be a lot like her to be honest. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it doesn't mean anything against my grandmother. It's just, that's just who she is. And like, you can't yeah, help but you, laugh. Like you, you could just say like, Oh, I'm dating a black guy named Jerry. She's like, Oh, you're dating a black. And it's like, no, Grant. No, oh, God. <laughs> I just, I just said his name. God. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'll respect yeah. to your grandmother, of course. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> she's, uh, 
she's pretty hip with it, so she'd probably just laugh at my jokes. Hopefully, if she's listening to this, I love you. Um. <laughs> okay, Kel. Shout out to, to the grandma. So, so you're going out to LA soon. What's going to be the uh, fun things that are going on in LA? You said getting yeah. back on and doing your stuff, or what does that entail? Uh, so, as any singer songwriter, like you constantly, at least for me, like I constantly am writing. I have journals and journals filled with stuff. So, it's just good to have a lot of demos like ready to go. So, um, yes, it's been great to kind of like coast on this great feeling of you know releasing my full length but i am itching to get back in the studio and get some new music and um you know i get to work with scotty grand again who i wrote body of armor with and he's just so tremendously talented so i'm really excited um and then the title song of the ep caleb schultz i wrote he's the producer i worked with for that and i get to work with him again when i'm in la so i got a full plate but all in good fun and i'm really excited about it so yeah. Nice. I mean, it's always fun to like, like, you know, because uh, like, like you said, coasting and being able to revel in the success that you recently had is always fun. But I mean, like, it's it's never done. Yeah, no, totally. So um, I'm pretty lucky to have the ability to do that. So, yeah. So there we go. All right. So there's no better time to jump into the interview than now. I also want to allow for time because last time I did a show last night, I totally ran out of time to shooting shit with the guests and i realized that as much as i like to be a buddy buddy we have to be professional and i'm going to ask you hard-hitting questions about your music okay are you ready for this shoot i I would try and go for a tom brokaw voice if i had it but i sadly do not so it's just going to be my lovely voice (laughs) before we get into the interview as i say every week we are looking for sponsors or to work alongside of you for your next release for your next um show if you have a product that might do well for artists and musicians, please hit me up, Ali at babetalk.tv. We would love to work along you to, for sponsorships or any other type of advertisements. Um, because, hey, we like doing stuff. And like everyone else says, if you do stuff pretty well, and I think that we do, you don't. What? No, I'm sorry. I'm still at work, so I'm in a different mentality. But anyway, sponsor us and we'll shake hands and we'll exchange emails and try and be professional like I am now. <laughs> Ollie at babetalk.tv. What's up, what's up, me? All right, so, Kenzie. Yes. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well. Just That's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, as we said, said before, you came out with your album, Dear You, um, about a month ago, September 23rd, um, and, and you kind of had um, your success there. And the one question that I do like to lead off with for different artists is I always like to get to know their musical background and, and what kind of first had their itch um, into music um, relieved. So so when, so when did you like realize that you had wanted... Nope, that's the second question. Excuse me. <laughs> what had you first go into the music industry or, or to music in general, like uh, as a child or like later in life? Yeah, so like it's always been a big part of my life, you know, Um Ever since I can remember when I would wake up on Saturdays or Sundays, uh, there would be music blasting through the house because my dad um, really, really appreciated good music. So, um, you know, him and my mother and all my aunts and uncles, I come from a huge family. So I'm the oldest of 19 cousins, including my brother and sister. And um, my dad's one of five. My mom's one of three. And everyone really, really nurtured my love and all my cousins' love for music. So um, 
you know, they were my first audience <laughs> when I started singing and they encouraged me to continue with that. Um, and so, you know, as the years grew on and the family grew bigger, we started holding like at my family cottage, there'd be 28 of us and we would hold little like talent shows, I guess. Um, and wow, my that's sister, really cool. yeah, no, it's great. You know, I have, I have a lot of relatives that like will play instruments, sing. I've, I have, uh, three cousins who are like very avid filmmakers and they're like super, they're very, very good. I mean, they're younger, but their stuff is really funny. And, you know, to kind of see that I have my aunts and uncles, my parents that are just kind of encouraging them to go after their passion is like something that I think is so critical when you're going into this field of artistry, you know, no matter if it's music or film or, you know, writing or whatever. So, um, yeah, I mean, I just constantly was singing and my mom used to receive phone calls from my like primary school teachers saying, um, you know, Kenzie's disrupting class by singing while working and, <laughs> and like, I don't understand. No one really appreciated my impromptu concerts. So I'm a little insulted, but I guess I'll move on. <laughs> it's like when um, you're accessing the idiot type of voice, just like, so I first started when I was a child and shout out to that one teacher that wanted to shut me down. <laughs> Look where I am. How many kids are you teaching now? Bye. And just, yeah, exactly. No, I mean, she's a great teacher and she's super awesome. But um, it was just funny, like when my mom would tell me that stuff. But, um, you know, my biggest claim to fame is I was down in Florida and I was singing in a pool. I was very young, um, singing Little Mermaid, my spirit animal at the time. And um, this woman called me over and uh, it was in like a closed like condominium complex pool. So it wasn't like I was just talking to strangers, but um, she, I like feel like I need to address that. So people aren't like this mother did not take care of her child. No, my mom was there. And everything, so, <laughs> um, so she started talking to me about music and asked me all these questions and she was like, don't give up on it. Like I really like to sing too. And so I got out of the pool and I, walked into my mom was my mom was asking me what she wanted and i told her she was like do you know who that was and i was like no and she was like that was celine dion oh shit yeah so um of course i didn't know who that was because she you know wasn't animated so at that point i nothing unless you were an animated character like you were not on my radar (laughs) so um yeah so after that my mom kind of took that as a sign to like stick her in any sort of musical you know activity endeavor okay yeah so uh church choir musicals theater camps all that jazz um and then i started singing national anthem at like swim meets and stuff and then i started doing classical training in high school so uh while most kids were you know kicking back after soccer practice i was traveling an hour away to chelsea michigan to train with an opera coach so because that was super cool <laughs> wow that's actually really impressive oh well thank you um Absolutely. so yeah when, when college kind of like rolled around i didn't really think you know i mean it was like music was a big part of my life but it wasn't i didn't really think i would go after it you know like career-wise but um i continued to train and i enrolled in the applied news program at loyola and I was really, really gifted with an amazing instructor, uh, Dr. Klaus Georg, and he uh, really, really helped train my voice, both in the classical sense and then also in, you know, a more pop singer-songwriter. And then one day I just was like, hey, I kind of like this chord progression. And that eventually became Kaleidoscope, which I recorded Mm -hmm. in like 
uh, studio around me and I put it on YouTube and say la vie, you know? <laughs> wow. That, that's a pretty good, like, it's, it's really interesting to, to see from a young age. Cause on baby talk, as I was talking to my other guests before, um, they, the, the, the demographic that we typically go for are, um, heavier bands, you know, pop punk bands, metalcore bands, and the, the different mentality well, it's not really a different mentality, but it's always that the work, the hunger, and yeah. and the, the wanting to always get better, and and it's always interesting to see the the two different sides. You know, we have different bands that are like we kind of knew that we had a sound, but we didn't know how to do it. And the same thing with you is that you knew you had a sound and you wanted to hone in on it, mm-hmm. and and you never ended up giving up on it. Like like especially with with the start, which I love, and I kind of want to ask you that this question because it always seems to come up with different artists. You said that there was music always around your house, like during the, the weekends. And of course, like mine as well, my parents used to play Erica Badu, Earth, Wind and Fire, a little bit of jazz. What was some, some of the music that, that you remember being played in your house during those times? Um, God, this is going to sound crazy, but have you ever seen the film, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Oh, God bless that movie. Yes. George Clooney, yes. the, the, the Coen Brothers. Uh-huh. Still the Soggy one of, Brothers. In my, yeah. In one of my mm-hmm. like top favorite films. Um, that album I could probably do in my sleep. Like that album is constantly played at my cottage all during the days, during the weekends. Um, That's so cool. Yeah. So a lot of like country folk songs. We really love like Alison Krauss, um, Mm -hmm. Johnny Cash, big Johnny Cash family, um, Neil Young. uh, And then Tom Petty as well. Probably that is like all over the place, but you know, like, I mean, my dad has a uh, very, he is like, I think a total of like 6,000 songs in his iTunes library. So, you know, I, I've definitely had my toe dipped in every genre there is in the world. <laughs> so it's, it's funny because it just, just going from, from like, you know, like a very bluegrass roots to, to kind of switching over to a more pop sound. I mean, like it's, it, it does seem as if like you're, you've had your opportunities to figure out where you have wanted to go with your music and you kind of like settled in on this what and what you you call um indie pop style yeah and and it seems to really be working out in your favor i mean so so at this point now that that you kind of had oh absolutely yeah wouldn't be talking talk to you if you didn't didn't think otherwise so um uh so so you ended up um getting a little bit more formally trained um you ended up you know with your core progression you said said that you had started to um you liked where the song was going with Kaleidoscope, but when did you start to really become like a singer songwriter as an artist? Like what was that? What, what led up to, all right, it's now time for me to spread her wings and for me to actually try and do something on my own. Um, yeah. So I will never forget. I received like a Facebook message from a friend, you know, like a mutual friend on Facebook. And she was asking me if I had representation and I was like, you know, like asking me if I had a manager and all that. I was like, does my mom count? (laughs) You know, I mean, like at the time I didn't really think anything of it, but, um, yeah. So Addie, the girl who messaged me, uh, and had interned at pop fiction networks, which is now my management company. And, um, yeah, so it really is all about connections in this industry. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I, I received an email from my now manager, Joyce, and, um, I talked to her on the phone and she was like telling me all these great, you know, uh, things about my music and, and, you know, to hear it from someone who isn't 
like related to you, <laughs> you know, tell you that this is this is pretty good. I mean, that's like really eye opening, I think, you know, because, Absolutely. you know, these pe- they're not trying to be nice. They're not trying to like blow smoke up your ass. So um, mm-hmm. after that, I realized like, you know, I am 20 years old. Like this is the time to kind of see where I, where I want to go in my life and, and, and we'll see what happens. So at the end of that year, my junior year, I um, flew out to New York for like three weeks and stayed at my manager's house. And at, and looking back on it, I like think it probably sounds crazy. I mean, I was flying to Newark airport. I had never met this woman um, except over the phone, over Skype, you know, and I was going to stay with her for three weeks and you know and, and she's telling me all these things that like your dreams are going to come true and it's like these are the stories that like are the beginning of svu episodes you know like <laughs> <laughs> either that or disney like like yeah. one of the two <laughs> um so but honestly it worked out so well i mean joyce and Liv, my managers are just two of the most wonderful people on earth and they've been so supportive and i think like after my kaleidoscope came out as the first single i was like wow like this feels really cool you know to know that people like this you know and i'm I'm singing to people that aren't you know like the cemetery of shampoo bottles in my shower like i <laughs> like i don't know so mm-hmm. you know i started school again in the fall and and we released stories and it charted mm-hmm. uh, on the first day which was like absolutely insane to me um and i was like okay i'm not giving up on this like i really can't so i balanced doing music and um you know my finance degree and and trying to write a full length you know for the next nine months and and so it became a came be kind of like a drug you know like which sounds really weird but like once you start no, writing I, I, it's like you can't you can't stop so mm-hmm. yeah i mean I, I i don't think there's a specific moment but it was like the feeling of knowing that like this isn't really a hobby anymore you know this is something that like i really want to do in my life and and whether it's it's performing or writing i mean i i just really enjoy doing it so i mean it's it's always great to be able to have a creative outlet but then to be able to really hone in and, and really be able to to sculpt your own craft it's it's euphoric and then to be able to see other individuals interested and looking forward to to your craft it's it's a sensation yeah well thanks <laughs> thank you yeah, yeah absolutely so so we're so you were talking about writing your your, your full length um while you're in school and the one thing that i really found interesting and, and kind of, you know, the, the title of, of the album, um, Dear You, seemed to be exactly like that. It seemed to really be this open-ended letter to, to um, of course, not one person, but a lot of the different songs that are found within that album seem to be a lot of a, um, a conversation between one person and talking to another. Like, how was that, that, that mindset crafting these songs? Yeah, no. So um, I really toyed with the idea of uh, either Dear You or um, Letters for titling this album, because for me, like, I um, really wanted to 
you know, share with people, um, like what my, it sounds so cheesy and I'm so sorry, but like what my journey has been like, you know, all through Mm -hmm. most of those songs are written about my experiences through, you know, my last two or three years of college. And, and I think that the best way to like explain these journeys is to be like, all right, this is written for a significant person. So like, this is for you. This is my letter to you. And obviously it has that sense of a like anonymous side to it. But, um, I really wanted it to be that like open-ended like esque type title and um, Dear You sounded a lot better and I just thought it was cool that I mean most art these songs really are kind of like letters you know they're kind of like those lost love letters that you didn't really send but kind of kept tucked in and and i think it was i i really lucky to have had um the opportunity to kind of share him with the world and so i thought that the title was very fitting now, now here's an interesting, interesting question because because when it comes to a lot of singers and song songwriters um especially within like like a um a pop or a rock or like even like 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 the old school when we're talking like um like Joni Mitchell and band and, and artists like that, they were a lot of they performed their their selves. And you do have a full um instrumental behind you, which meant that you had to like, you know, work alongside another individual. How was it working with um Scotty G and other individual individuals that you had to open up and share your vision? So cause like a lot of these seem personal. Yeah. So like how was it like like being able to mesh with another individual to convey your thoughts? Um, you know, what's funny is I'm not a very emotional human being like in everyday life. Um, mm-hmm. even my best friends who like I said, they've been in my life for 20 years. Um, they I'm we're not very open individuals. So like my emotions are very very locked deep 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 inside me. So, um it was kind of cool to walk into the studio and, you know, the the bigger producers, the uh, Mike Lombardi and Rob Sharapa, uh, they produce most of the album. And, um, you know, I've known Rob close to two years now because um, he produced my first DP. And he, so I'm very comfortable with him. And um, Mike was a very good friend of his. So I think it's really, really, really important to have that strong relationship with your producers. Like if you're not feeling that vibe, like your vulnerability is like immediately gone. And for music, especially if you're in the singer songwriter area, like vulnerability is, is, you know, 90% of the craft. Like you really need to take like, what is your biggest emotional feeling and put it down on paper. So I was really lucky to um, have such a great dynamic with these producers Um, Because it is frightening, you know, kind of being like, okay, well, this is about, you know, like a guy who was a total douche lord. You know what I mean? Like, like they're like, okay, like think that this is every other college girl who's like, you know, complaining about their ex-boyfriend. But they actually took the time to kind of be like, okay, well, what do you want to make this song like? You know, what do you what's the message you want to convey? And um, I was really lucky because they took everything to heart and I was so happy with the results. Um, yeah, I mean, it, I had a really great experience and I would love to work with them again. So. That's fantastic, especially with, with that trust between artist and, and producer, mm-hmm. because if it's not there, then you're not going to be able to be your best self. Yeah, no, exactly. So, 
Now, going into into the writing of of the album, um, it, it it seems like it's very. I don't want to say very. It's it, it's minimalistic. It's it's not larger than life, but it's still like able to to touch individuals. Like like even with with one of your more upbeat songs like um, White Dress, it's it's a very fun kind of groovy song that you're able to like you know still be able to move to while still being able to 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 touch individuals emotionally. Like what what was the one thing that you didn't want to lose while while producing the album? Um. Well, okay, so. For me, and and I've tried explaining this before, like to my friends, like when, okay, so I don't have this like heartbreaking backstory, you know, where I had this like big chunk of my life where, you know, I have all this great, like emotional, raw, you know, stuff to pull from. Um, I write a lot about like how I think normal people feel on an everyday basis, you know, like that new excitement of a new relationship or, um, mm you know, like unrequited love and, 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 you know, falling for a friend that you just don't think feels the same way. And, and I really wanted to convey the message of like, these are normal feelings (laughs) and, um, normal humans feel them. And I wanted to do it in a way that, you know, it's still fun. Great. Like you said, like fun to groovy music. I didn't want to lose that, but I also wanted to get that message of, you know, it's normal to feel these this way and, and, you know, other people feel this way and, and you'll get through it. Everyone does. And, uh, it'll just make you a stronger person, I guess, if that's the best way to put it. So, you know, I, each song really holds a big message, you know, about, about me. And, and I think most people can hear them. And I think that that's really cool that I'm, that I'm able to convey those messages. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Now, one one of the things is it seems as if like, like, you know, like you, you seem very happy to be recording all all this and you seem very comfortable to, to be able to, to write well and, and you know, your writing style. And so like, you know, what's going on. Yeah. But I think like, like, like one of the things that, that an individual can see and, and experience like something new would be recording. And I've always had like, you know, I have friends in bands that are like, yeah, like we had to go through this and they always had their success stories, but like, yeah, like this one thing clicked. What was one of the most frustrating moments and one of the best moments recording Dear You? Um, so I, from, okay. So, um, 10 of the songs had to be done in five days, <laughs> which is like unheard of in the music industry. Um, that was when I was down in Nashville and, you know, my manager called me and she's like, I really, and, and we had decided on the September 23rd release date and, and she called me and she's like, I don't think this is going to happen. Like we only have like three of the, like, you know, two of the songs. And I really just, you know, like, do you want to just push it off to the next quarter? And I just kind of remember being like, no, you know, like this, I'm, we're releasing it then. Like I've made my decision here. And, um, I definitely had my fair share of like panic when going to the studio and feeling super frustrated with myself because, you know, I'm trying to get these 10 songs done in such a limited amount of time. And, you know, I could start to feel my voice kind of getting tired. And, mm. and eventually, as any singer probably goes through this, is there's going to be like, you know, like hour 12 at the studio and, and you can't get this one line to sound right. And I just remember it was like my third day there. And I just was like, okay, I need a minute to go outside because like I... And it's not pressure put on by anyone else. It's pressure that I put on myself. But like, like 
I need to get this done. What is wrong with me? Like, why can't I sing this one line that I've rehearsed? I know it. Um, you have to learn to be very patient with yourself. Um, you know, music is a, is a craft and it's not just, you know, the singer, it's, it's the producers and the other writers and, and the band members who are, you know, putting in their time to make these great instrumentals, you know, and, and, and it's not going to be, you know, you sing it once and it's done, you know, you, you want it to be perfect. So, and you're always going to be your own worst critic. So there's definitely been times where I just like felt like I was being so hard on myself and sometimes it was justified and sometimes it wasn't, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> going on for like the best feeling is when you hear like the final masters of your songs, you know, they're all mixed. They're all mastered. They're ready to be submitted to be put onto iTunes and Spotify. And, and you hear it and you're, and you're so excited because you're like, you know, each song I think about, you know, what my time was like to record it and, and um, you know, what I was feeling at that time when I was writing it. And it's just so, freaking cool to hear it you know like to know that to you know some words on a page were created into this awesome song with the help of such you know creative individuals you know so it's like having all the tools to build a house and then like it's a diy DIY, DIY project yeah exactly you get to see the final results and you're just feeling super awesome and yeah you know i i felt really lucky um when I, when I heard that. So yeah, that was probably the best feeling. That's really cool. Cause like anything else, it's grueling. It's tasking, but, but when you're able to look at it and say, yo, I did yeah. it. It's beautiful. So you, you're, you're in this, this new kind of, um, space with, within your genre. Do you think that, that there's anything that, that you really have a strong suit in, that would set you apart from other artists like what like what do you bring to the table that's able to set you apart from everybody else um god i don't know how to answer this without sounding completely narcissistic so i just want to apologize in advance (laughs) (laughs) um but i think you know um I think that it's really important for listeners to hear the story behind songs. I know that sounds incredibly cheesy and, and obviously stories for me are, is a big deal, not just because it's the title of my EP, but, um, I, you know, love to read and, and my mom always used to tell me these crazy stories while I was growing up and about her childhood. And I really like storytelling and it's probably like a little bit of that Irish in me that, um, comes out when I'm, when I'm writing these stories, but you know, you listen to like Johnny Cash, like when you listen to Ring of Fire and you know that like June Carter wrote this for him and, and you know, what they went through and, and you know, their whole ups and downs with life. And I, I think that that just makes the song like 50 times better because you know that it's something that means so much to Johnny and, and June. And, and, you know, now the entire world knows the song and, you know, and I think that it's really cool that I get to share my stories. And I think that kind of what's makes me different. Not that there are artists that, that don't share their stories. I'm just saying that there's probably not enough. <laughs> um, you kind of need that like little bit of like tortured soul in, in, in the song to really, um, comprehend what this, 
musician was trying to write. And and it's difficult when you don't write your own music. Not that I'm calling out any artists in particular, but you know, you have artists like Sia or Ed Sheeran or, you know, Adele again. Like who just have this like tremendous amount of um emotional backstory that you can hear in their music and i think that that is you know see especially like oh my goodness she is one of my biggest idols and when you listen to her music like i am hearing like completely different than what someone else is taking away from it you know and mm-hmm. I-, I might be reading way too too much into it but i really think it's important to convey a uh a good story, a good journey, a good message in your music. And I, and I uh, take the time to make sure that each song has that. So. Absolutely. And not, and not, not to switch points or to pull any attention away from you, but I absolutely am in love with Sia's music. Oh, right. It's, it's the one thing that like, that was an artist that I listened to. She, she, um, I was introduced. Oh, I forget. I was even introduced to her, but she came out with, um, some people have real problems. Yeah, and and to see the even that title, like holy shit, absolutely. Right? Yeah, like some of the songs, like the girl you lost to cocaine, little black sandals. Oh, God. like like it's it's absolutely incredible to to see her be able to not only be able to write to to write songs on an emotional level and to be able to be able to, to compose the songs that will be able to like you know pull out heartstrings, but to see the progression as her as an artist. From like this, this real instrumentally like orchestra esque like one of her first albums. I, I sadly don't know her music before. Um, real people, um, so some people have real problems. But she was very musically inclined with with the um, traditional instruments, and then slowly but surely, like when she worked with Zed, I think for um, one of the songs, and then she and then clap your hands went a little bit more electronic, and then like did a full jump to. Synthy big band kind of um like with birds set free and, and with um what was it a thousand faces oh what was it a thousand um, forms of fear a thousand forms of fear was fantastic like, like even with, with like chandelier like that opening track absolutely depressing yeah. right and no one hears it because they're like mm-hmm. hearing this like pops up it's a great song don't get me wrong at all it is so sad like it is, it is heartbreaking <laughs> But that just that's what makes it a great song. At least for me, like she put her heart and soul into this, you know, w- just one of the songs on the records and you can really hear it, her story, her journey and it's like god, like this is what really makes a true artist, you know? So. So I I guess that this kind of kind of leads to my next question is that like what would you like to see yourself improve with? Like of course, this album, Dear You, was a fantastic album. It was it was emotionally written well. Um, the the comp- composition that went alongside of it fitted like a glove. But if there was if there's something that you can see yourself being able to do better that you can do for the next album, what do you think that you want to work on? Um. Well, thank you. First of all, <laughs> um, <laughs> no problem. Uh, you know, actually, kind of going back to Sia, like you could hear, like her musical strength like the instrumental side of it um i would really like to take a lot more time i mean for me like i sit and write this stuff at a, at a piano so you know obviously what i walk in with is very different than what i walk out with and and i have a lot of ideas it, it's not a, it, it's it's not a matter of that i just um i really want to get a lot stronger in the instrumentals because really half of it is um you know that musical 
like, you know, that drum beat could really make or break the song, you know? Yeah. And I know it sounds kind of stupid, but I mean, for example, chandelier, like those like big, um, like synths that you hear in the chorus. And, um, I think that really does convey like, you know, the sadness that she's feeling when she's saying like, I'm going to swing through, you know, from a chandelier. And I just would like to get a lot better on the, on the instrumental side. I think, you know, um, at least for me, get stronger on that, on the musical side. And you're going to have plenty of time in order to, to do so. Cause like, as, as you said before, you know, like your music has, has come off strong with like, you know, how to start off charting and like the, the, um, single that you had put out body of armor was, was a beautiful song that, that was able to resonate well with different artists. Well, not different artists, like, but like your audience, you said you would put it on YouTube. Uh, you premiered it with uh, Girls Life, I believe, right? Yes, yes, I did. And that that must have been fun to to have your show. Oh, it was so cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, that was really awesome. I was, it, it it was a really cool experience, and that was the day after my first concert ever, which was super awesome. And that was in Amityville, New York, um, and that was just a great few days. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would imagine. Yeah. No. Totally. So- so let's get some background onto Bob Body of Armor, and then we're going to play it for our listeners to, to have them get their taste of you. Oh, awesome. Absolutely. So, so Body of Armor, um, I, I was able to pull away a few things myself, but there's no better person to describe a song like the artist himself, who we have here live in the studio. Hey, Kenzie <laughs> Moore, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> um. Yeah, no. So, uh, first of all, like I said, Scotty Grant is a dream to work with. Um, I was really lucky to work with him for a few days on this actually. So, um, I walked in with a different idea of kind of how I wanted the song to be. Um, I just wanted to make sure I conveyed the message of, um, it it really seems that this is probably a little like I'm I'm about to, I don't know what the word is for this. So I'm just going to say it. Okay. So women are often like the damsel in distress is like emotional baggage side to them that is often conveyed on any movie TV show, you know, and, and, you know, I used to have the guy kind of like making her feel better. And I think that I really wanted it to be that like, you know, I, when I, you know, love someone, I really want them to know that like, I'm there for them for anything, you know, and it doesn't have to be you don't have to put on this brave face around me. Like you can be vulnerable because I love you and I, and I, and I have your best interests at heart. And, and I think that, um, Scotty really took that and helped me shape this song in the best way I could. You know, I really, I, I, I hope that the message really got across about how like, um, I'm fighting for you on behalf of you and, um, that's never going to go away. And so, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it, so there we go. So we'll, let, let, let's have our audience listen to it. You guys are going to take a listen to Body of Armor. It is off the new album that Kenzie Moore just put out, Dear You, September 23rd. It's fresh. It's new. It's cool. Um, and, yeah, you guys take a listen to it and then tell us what you think. Body of Armor. Body of armor, body of armor, 
right, that was Body of Armor off of Dear You, Kenzie Moore. So, like, you have this, this this song, you have this new release that's coming out. You've been talking to a lot of different publications, a lot of, a lot of different interviews. What's, and I know we touched on this before, but I mean, I mean like, what's this, like, you you recently had your first performance, you know, your your first full, your full, full, full length, you have your representation going. What is, like, the, the, the core, like, you were able to just, like, for lack of a better term, like spaz out. Like, like what's been that feeling? Wait, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that last like 10 seconds? <laughs> you cut out. <laughs> oh, I cut off. Oh, okay. So, so, so like you, you were able to, to put together all this stuff. Like, like how's the, the feeling of having this product out and having your first show and, and having your music chart for the first time? Um. Wow. You know, there's, really, really absolutely no way to explain it. Um, I really love seeing raw reaction and, um, with any performance you see that. And so that was so exhilarating on a different like level. Um, I really loved performing and, you know, a lot of it was songs from a new album. So a lot of these people were hearing this for the first time and, and, they really liked it. And I was so lucky to um, get that little boost of like confidence that, you know, like people who have never heard of me, have never heard my music before or these, this music before Mm -hmm. um, they, they enjoyed it. So um, that was surreal to me. Uh, And it's, it's totally crazy, you know, Uh, um, to, know that there's this whole part of my backstory that's out there for anyone to listen to. And, and there are writings that I probably sound like a babbling idiot on the internet. <laughs> um, oh, trust me. That's my profession. Good. <laughs> um, so it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's, um, it's really cool. It's, it's surreal. You know, I did not think if you had told me like a year and a half ago that this was happening, I would probably laugh in your face. You know, I was a finance student, sorority girl, just, you know, totally different mentality. So mm-hmm. it's, it's really cool. I'm, I'm very lucky. I feel very blessed that I'm able to do this and and I can only hope for the best at this point. You know, it's in God's hands now. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll continue to see how it goes. I mean, like, speaking of which, I know you said that you were going to go out to L.A. to get back on the saddle to get your stuff done. But what does the future for you hold at this moment? Like, what's what's the next step? Um, yeah, I mean, right now it's just, I like I said, I constantly am writing. So um, I have so many songs I would love to get out there. But uh once one day at a time, <laughs> uh, you know, I am just really focusing on um, really listening to what people think about Dear You so that if I get the opportunity to, uh, you know, release another album in the near future, I can take their comments to heart and, and just continue to work hard on my music. Um, I really hope to perform more too within the next few months. Um, I really, like I said, I really like doing that and seeing the raw reaction of the audience. So yeah, I mean a lot of big ideas and, and, um, I'm really crossing my fingers that they get to work out. But like I said, it's in God's hands. <laughs> and like we said before, we'll end up seeing the, the future for you. Cause I'm sure that this 
will not be the last time that, that we'll see your name in some format when it comes to your music. It's, it's something that's, it's, it's easy to, to listen to. It's, it's not, as I said before, it's not like a traditional kind of like pop music. Like, like when it comes to, to singers and songwriters that are on the pop spectrum, it can really be a hit or miss with having like, um, corniness, you know, like, like, like it's manufactured, but like when you have that, that raw emotion and, and like the actual ability to storytell that, that you possess, it's, it's something genuine and it's able to be discerned from artist to artist. So oh, it's, it's going to be really interesting to, to, to see the, the progression. Cause like, even with artists that we were talking about, about before, you know, like, like with Sia, there, there was one, it, like the one song off. Do you, have you seen a movie, um, Garden State? Yeah. 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 With, uh, Natalie Portman. Yeah, with Natalie Beautiful Portman. Oh, so so the one song, one of her songs, and um, I think it's M83. I could be completely wrong. But she's featured on a soundtrack with someone. And if it, she's gone from this one artist that's able to write these, like, ballads. And now she's someone that's writing bangers. And yeah. with each release, it's beautiful and fantastic. So if you're starting off here with your ballads, you know, you can be going in any direction. And as long as you stick with it and continue to turn out the same product that you've shown with Dear You, then it's going to be a beautiful, fantastic thing. Well, thank you so much. Hell yeah. Everybody, <laughs> Kenzie Moore. Well, thank you so much Ooh. for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. I keep forgetting there's no, like, <laughs> there's no one here to cheer. <laughs> I'll cheer. Woo! Yeah, I can't do more. So, so, um, yeah, that's that's a show. Um, I hope you enjoyed your time here. Well, of course I did. Thank you so much. I got. I'm so glad I got to talk to you about uh, TV shows. It's TV shows, music, man. If I if there were to be a second podcast that I were to start, it would definitely be about TVs and movies. <laughs> and you know, if I were to do it, I'll call you up because so far, like. There, there have been so, some, some people that I've been able to, to shoot this shit, shit with and not and like be like, okay, now it's time to get down to music. I was like, no, wait, we could have an hour of just talking about music and TV shows and just mention that you have an album. It's okay. <laughs> Perfect. All right. I'll be your uh, first uh, interviewer and we can chat more about Lena Dunham's Hannah Horvath's just terrible decision making. Yes, because God knows that I can have a, like a full dissertation about my <laughs> Although I have to finish a new season. But anyway, guys, that was Babe, Babe Talk. I'm going to catch up on Girls. Kenzie's going to go pack for LA. Come back on sometime this week or next week. Going to have another guest. I um, would tell you who it is, but I, have, I need to look at a calendar for that. And it's not in front of me. So you'll find out when I find out. Um, enjoy the rest of your night. Be good to one each other. Um, be good to yourself because you're the only person that you have. <laughs> and... Um, Liv Moss, I don't know how to close the show, but I'm going to close it like this. Good night, everybody. (laughs) 